Hello and welcome back to another episode of Movie Bollocks. It's been a while. Um, it, you know, it takes a while to get enough new movies and TV series to review to make these worthwhile, obviously. Um, and there's no room for any messing about. Should we just get straight into it? Yeah, why the hell not? Let's just get straight into it. After all, I've only got 17 movies to review. <laughs> I mean, I say that, you know, I make it sound like I've been forced to watch movies and review them. Not at all. I am just foisting my unwanted, uncalled for opinions all over you. Hey, it's what I do. As well you know if you're listening to this on this feed. So let's get straight in. Movie number one is Hypnotic or Hipponic, if you want to say it incorrectly, um, directed by Robert Rodriguez, who I do like, uh, written by Robert Rodriguez, well, written by him and co-written by Max Bornstein, stars Ben Affleck um, and Alice, Alice Braga. And um, the I'm going to give you the, uh, the IMDb line on all of these. A detective investigates a mystery involving his missing daughter and a secret government programme. I mean... If you've seen the Christopher Nolan film um, uh, Inception and you thought it was a bit complex and uh, it, like you just couldn't follow it and it was a bit ludicrous, yeah? Well, this is like a shit version of that. Um, if you thought If you thought the Nolan version was too complex, this version is basically too stupid. Um, it, it's it's all right. It passed the time. I mean, you don't want that on the poster, do you? It gets five and a half out, or five and a half on IMDb. I'm I'm going to avoid actually saying what they get on IMDb because I always think it it colours you know your opinion. Um, look, as always, I'll tell you what I thought. I'm not going to say you should watch this, you know, unless I'm really excited about it. It was all right. It was okay. It's fairly... I mean, I haven't really told you what it, what it's about. Basically, Ben Affleck... Well, I have if you've seen Inception. Ben Affleck plays a guy who is searching for his daughter. And... Or is he? Does his daughter even exist? It's the strange world of Hipponic. So, yeah. It's called an action mystery thriller. I would say... Action, yes. Mystery thriller. Eh, I don't know. If you've got half a cinematic brain, you'll figure out what's going on pretty much straight away. Anywho, it's pretty dumb fun. Pretty dumb fun. I kind of like that. Next up, right, Guy Ritchie's new movie. Now, if you are aware of movie bollocks and you've been listening and I've mentioned Guy Ritchie before, you know he directed one of, if not my most hated movie that I've ever seen, Revolver. Don't check it out, whatever you fucking do. Um, and I don't really like Guy Ritchie movies. Never seen Snatch, no intention of seeing Snatch. You know why? I thought Lockstock was bloody rubbish. So, not really interested. And also, he's just a bit of a, you know, fake Cockney geezer, isn't he? You know, here's all my Cockney movies when he went to private school in Hertfordshire. Guess what? His new movie, The Covenant, is fucking awesome. I absolutely loved every single minute of it. I, I honestly, it took me so, it really did just take me by surprise. I saw it was out, I knew it was coming out, and I saw it was out on Amazon Prime, and I was like, oh, cool, yeah, watch this. Oh, man. Um... During the war in Afghanistan, a local interpreter risks his own life to carry an injured sergeant across mi miles of gruelling terrain. For a start, not the kind of film Guy Ritchie usually makes. However, he is one of the co-writers. It is a true story. Uh, stars Jake Gyllenhaal and Darcelim, uh, and they are incredible. This movie, I it, maybe it's because I wasn't expecting it. It absolutely blew me away, as I'm sure you can tell. There's one particular scene in it which I absolutely love because it's one of those scenes where somebody is being called in 
to be given a bit of a telling off. And they're like, oh, oh, really? Is it, it, oh, right, you think that's why I'm here? Yeah, that's not why I'm here. This is why I'm here and proceeds to just completely, and it's just a brilliant example of how to change the power in a situation, in a conversation, with just the right amount of words. Economy of language is what I love because that's what makes comedy work. The economy, economy of language. And just that line, oh, you thought, you thought I was here for that? Oh no, I'll tell you why I'm here. Straight away has gone from being person carpeted to owning the room and it's just fucking all at the whole film everything that happens in it the acting I, I i have only watched it once i am going to be watching it again without doubt because myself and mr paul waller of a year in horror podcast you've got to check that shit out if you haven't already we do a year in bollocks on patreon and um basically we we review a couple of movies the two of us he suggests one i suggest one we watch them and then we come back and we talk about them we do that every month it's great fun you should have a listen honestly you really should anywho yeah the covenant absolutely just loved it absolutely loved it so next up Another movie I really enjoyed, 3,000 Years of Longing. I hadn't really wanted to watch this due to, I don't know, some stuff I heard. How fucking stupid was that? Directed by Mad Max director George Miller, um, starring Tilda Swinton and Idris Elba. And basically, yeah, it just stars them. They own this movie. It is fucking awesome. A lonely scholar on a trip to Istanbul discovers a djinn who offers her three wishes in exchange for his freedom. And it is absolutely superb, brilliantly acted. Um, it's it's kind of strange because quite quickly you, you, you forget that Idris Elba is essentially a, a genie in it. And again, following on the heels of me not really being a fan of... Um, uh, Guy Ritchie. I'm not much of a fan of Idris Elba either. But you know what? In this, I, I really, really enjoyed his performance. Sorry, just had to pause there and um, tell the parakeets um, on my balcony to fuck off the squawking bastards. Because um, they're doing my absolute brain in. And I, I haven't listened back yet, but if they are in the background there, um, yeah, my apologies. They're gone. Um, they'll be back. Anywho, yeah, um, 3,000 Years of Longing, really funny, touching, uh, moving. I, I think I might have even teared up at some point. One hour and 48 minutes long, and it, it, it just skips along really beautifully. Tilda Swinton is, as always, brilliant. She's completely convincing as a kind of lonely scholar who... She, know, she, she comes across as a kind of woman who knows a lot she knows a lot about everything, but the value of nothing. She's ended up with a life that she's not, she's not really, not necessarily happy, happy in or enjoying. It's just kind of doing what she thought she should always do. And it's not, it's not all that, but I guess, you know, we've all been through that at some point, or if we haven't, you're on your way to. Um, and yeah, you know, she's, she's, She's in love with a genie. And, well, what happens? The story of the movie is, is I, like I said, I found it captivating, really enjoyable, um, funny, um, completely original. I mean, yeah, George Miller, man. Great piece of work. Great piece of work. Now, following on from that is the Netflix movie Black Crab with um, Naomi Rapace. That did sound like Netflix <laughs> when I said that, didn't it? It is a Netflix movie. Uh, directed by Adam Berg, written by Adam Berg and some people whose names I can't pronounce. Starring Naomi Rapace in a post-apocalyptic world. Now, normally, right there, I'd be out. I'm absolutely sick. 
in a dystopian world. Yeah, I'm gone. 100 people return to the town that they've been missing from for 20 years. Yeah, I'm out. In a world, I'm out. Just, you know, so anyway. Um, in a post-apocalyptic world, six soldiers on a covert mission must transport a mysterious package across a frozen archipelago. Numi Rapace stars. That is an incredibly accurate depiction of what happens in the film. It is, it's bleak, it's harsh, um, pretty cool action in it, and it's, it, I mean, there's some of the, um, uh, some of the cinematography in it, it just looks fucking amazing. Basically, it's a suicide mission that they're being sent on, but, you know, the fate of the world is in their hands, and they have to ice skate across, like, huge frozen rivers. It's, it's just just sort of classic and I apologise if it's not Norwegian I think it is but it's just that classic kind of Norwegian Scandi dark fucked up idea and uh, yeah it just kind of works um, you know it was alright uh, I enjoyed it doubt I'll watch it again there you go not a ringing endorsement so next up we have Reality well, it's a true story. A former Amer American intelligence specialist was given the longest sentence for the unauthorised release of government information to the media about Russian interference in the 2016 United States election via an email operation. OK, a former American intelligence specialist. Um, it becomes pretty clear why she did it. And you will either completely agree or disagree with why she did it. But without doubt, what she did has had an impact that will last for, well, basically, the debate in the States at the time was, of course, there was no Russian interference in the 2016 election. And there's absolutely no evidence of it. She's working in a government office where she knows that is absolute fucking bollocks. So, mm. but the movie is really well done. It is, it's very short and it, it's almost like a play. It's, it's virtually a three-hander. Um, it's a hundred, a hundred, it's an hour and 23 minutes long. And it starts with her turning up at home and two guys from the FBI going, hi, could we, could we maybe just like, have a look around your house and she's like mm, okay and the whole thing is revealed very very slowly and it's all you know you kind of feel like you're her and it kind of feels like your space is being invaded whilst you're watching it um I enjoyed it again I probably wouldn't watch it again it's one hour and 23 minutes um it was interesting there's some, I mean, you know, the the girl who plays uh, Reality, um, which is Sydney Sweeney, does an absolutely great do job, as does um, Josh Hamilton as one, as, as one of the um, FBI operatives who um, basically comes to her house. Yeah, um, if you're in the right mood, you probably enjoy it more than I did. <laughs> but I, I enjoyed it, it's okay, but not necessarily a film you inverted commas enjoy but hey you know it's kind of like it's sort of like a it's not made like a documentary but it does feel like a documentary at times because information is fed to you that is factual during it if all of that sounds like a hodgepodge of something that you would like go for it um yeah i did i watched it and i thought it was all right next up couldn't have something more different from the reality of reality to the absolute non-reality of Creed 3. Yep, it's kind of rocky, isn't it? Adonis has been thriving in both his career and family life, but when a childhood friend and former boxing prodigy resurfaces, the face-off is more than just a fight. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan, Tessa Thompson, Jonathan Majors, everyone's back. And look, it absolutely... If you've seen... Put it this way. I know that nobody who hasn't seen Creed 1 or Creed 2 is going to see Creed 3, okay? So I'm now speaking to people who've seen either Creed 1 or Creed 2 or both. Creed 3 is like those. So, 
Next up, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's perfectly fine. Um, next up, well, it's two movies back to back. Um, and because they because they are connected, because one is called Becky and one is called The Wrath of Becky. Well, I found Becky on Netflix and thought, oh, this looks quite good. I think it was Netflix, sorry if it isn't. A teenager's weekend at a lake house with her father takes a turn for the worse when a group of convicts wreaks havoc on their lives. Now, she's a young girl. She's out in a... She, she's not in the house. The family get... Um, uh, well, the family get... Is it abducted? No, not really. But they get... It's a home invasion. One of whom uh, is Kevin James. That's right, the comedian, who's incredibly good in this as a hateful twat. Basically they are they've arrived to threaten the family to get information to get to something they need to get to and becky is a girl who's not particularly enjoying the weekend anyway she's got her issues with you know her parts of her family of which they are new and she's not keen on that um this ends up being like you know she's out there they're in the house Oh, is it going to be a bit home alone? Um, only in the aspect that there's, it's a young girl. I mean, it's nothing like Home Alone. This, this is not a comedy. This is very much, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty violent, basically. It's an 18. It's one hour and 33 minutes. It, and you know me, you're pushing against an open door with a one hour, 33 minute uh, runtime, uh, unless of course the movie is shit. Uh, but this is far from it. Really enjoyed it, great performances. And what's important about movies like this is that it doesn't hold back. If it had held back, if it had been a 15, for instance, it would just be, it would just be a rubbish film. If they'd have had to chop all the bits that make it the film it is, which I thought was really enjoyable. So much so, the following night, I watched The Wrath of Becky. Two years after escaping a violent attack, a teenage girl must defend herself against a terrorist cell. Yet, yeah, I know it sounds absolutely mad, um, but it's just really well done. Again, Becky is just, I mean, yeah, uh, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Um, it stars Lulu Wilson again as Becky. Uh, Sean William Scott is in this one. And she's fantastic. And again, it, it just ticks all the boxes of the first movie. Um, hateful twats. Um, Becky getting needlessly picked on. And then, um, yeah, let's just make a bloody violent film with a few laughs in it from there on. But it's... Yeah, again, really enjoyed it. And what I loved about the, the the second film is, yeah, it didn't fuck with the formula of the first one. This time we're talking a one hour, 24 minute runtime. It's just, it's just knowing what you are and delivering that. And yeah, really enjoyed it. Be uh, uh, Becky and the Wrath of Becky, really enjoyed them both. Next up, Extraction 2. Again, on Netflix. Have you seen Extraction? No? Then go and see Extraction before you see Extraction 2. Although, to be honest, you could watch 2, then 1. You could watch 1, then 2. Although 2 starts at the end of 1, it kind of doesn't. And I've got to say, personally, I didn't enjoy it as much as the first one. Maybe that's just because the first one absolutely blew my fucking mind because the the action is some of the best action you will see anywhere. It's directed by Sam Sam Hargrave who is a former stuntman. And yeah, there you go. I mean, hello, one and one. These films are action packed and the action at times really does make you go fucking Hell, what is good? Yeah, my disappointment with Extraction Two, not the clearly not the not the action. It does what it says on the tin. Well, not on the tin on the poster. 
it's you know it's fucking violent the action is fucking amazing um it's just i swear in extraction 2 just i don't know whoever was in charge of the script uh, they they had a lot of time off and decided not to bother actually doing their job at all some of that some of the dialogue i just found and in, and it, it kind of feels picky it's an action thriller it is all about the action and it does feel kind of churlish to 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 be picking on the um uh the dialogue but you know you can't have action in every scene and when you haven't and it's dialogue and including it during the action scenes it dialogue is important for fuck's sake i can't believe i'm having this discussion with myself yeah dialogue's important no shit howard so anyway extraction two not as good as extraction one but it's still fucking extremely good now here's a documentary that i hadn't planned on watching and i'm glad i did it's called big george foreman and it's the life story of george foreman chris davies is absolutely fucking brilliant in this movie it's a documentary on george foreman okay well sorry it's not a documentary it's a um how would I what is it a dramatization of his life but it, it it's pretty darn accurate the uh, you know the foreman estate were uh, overseeing what was being put out and I really really enjoyed this now I'm a big boxing fan okay so you know I, again knocking on knocking on an open door two hours nine minutes long I'm surprised they managed to cram what happened in this man's life into such a short movie. Um, it it really, really was just great. I absolutely, I, it's it's just, do you know what? Do you know what a really, really good combination of movies would be? Creed Three and Big George Foreman. After you've watched Creed Three then big george foreman or the other way around either way let's face it if you enjoy if you enjoy true stories and people's life stories and people who've who've had a big impact you then then this this is worth a shout um and and also forrest whitaker um as the man who helps um george actually do something with his life is fucking brilliant in it as well he plays his trainer and i honestly really really enjoyed it you don't have to be a boxing fan um helps if you are but you don't have to be you really don't and that's the sign of a good film i think when you're talking about a film that's about a boxer's uh, you know a boxer's life if you can appeal to people who don't like boxing then fair enough right next up what have we got collide one hour 39 minutes from 2016 I think it's on um uh, Netflix or, or one of them uh, directed by Erin Creevy stars Nicholas Holt Felicity Jones Anthony Hopkins I mean you'd think oh wow you know oh what a cast that's uh, that must be... no no uh, oh and Ben Kingsley Ben Kingsley is in it as well it's it's very 2016 it's one and, and it's, it's very it's very Nicholas Holt um, from that you know he's he was just finding his feet cinematically back then and this is the kind of film that you know you would go yeah all right Jonathan Rhys Myers could have easy I mean literally could have easily played the lead role in this it is a Jonathan Rhys Myers type film okay and by that I'm thinking um the Travolta movie he made um uh yeah about going to Paris fucking hell I wish I knew I wish I could remember the title I've got the blu-ray over there but I can't fucking see from here anyway it's a it's a trashy um action film there's lots of action it was okay um yeah just, just nothing to write home about really it was all right next up this got a brief review from myself and Mr Waller on um on our year in bollocks on Patreon it is the latest Sarah Snook vehicle, Run Rabbit Run, Sarah Snook from Succession. Um, 
It's one hour, 40 minutes. It's a um, 15 certificate. And it is, I, I just found it right. Sarah Snoop plays a fertility doctor who believes firmly in life and death. But after noticing the strange behavior of her young daughter, she must challenge her own values and confront a ghost from her past. Alternatively, uh, she can just get on your fucking nerves. And yet again, an Australian movie has managed to deliver a horrific child performance where you just want to kick the kid in the face. The Babadook. Anybody who's seen The Babadook, do not try and tell me but that kid is not one of the most annoying fucking children in the history of cinema. Well, he's got a fucking sister because she's in this and fucking irritating doesn't quite cover it um this film for me was an absolute abject failure in every fucking sense i didn't give a shit about anybody in it um i thought the the the, the performances the ca the characters were selfish and fucking hateful and you know you're supposed to feel sorry for children not want them to die um, I just couldn't give a fuck about anybody in it. And it, it, it did actually start, it, it start to make me, make me angry. I didn't quite get to the end, put it that way. I, I, honestly, um, that's how I felt about it. Some of you might have watched it and might have enjoyed it. But what if I always said, all you're getting is my opinion. You're not going to get, you know recommendations or anything like that i'm just going to give you my opinion and it's up to you to make your choice and if you see run rabbit run and you enjoy it you're a better person than i because i fucking hated it next up couldn't be more different nimona new on netflix when a knight in a futuristic medieval world is framed for a crime he didn't commit, the only one who can help improve his innocence is Nimona, a mischievous teen who happens to be a shape-shifting creature he's sworn to destroy. The, the lead um, uh, voiceover work is the brilliant Chloe Grace Moretz. Everything she does seems to be fucking awesome. Um, she voices uh, Nimona, who is brilliant. The knight is Riz Ahmed and... I absolutely loved this. I really did. I howled with laughter. It it, it was emotional. Um, it's a whole family watch. A hour and forty one minutes on Netflix. It's PG. There's some, it's, uh, but there is there is some so so. The visuals are amazing. Um, brilliant visual gags. Brilliant um, dialogue gags. Um, and it is a feast for the eyes. There's a, a shape-shifting creature in a in a, a future tower, you know, in a future city that has like knights and stuff. I mean, I can't really do an adequate description of this film for you, but I tell you what, I really, really enjoyed it. I really did, and it doesn't hang about. Within ten minutes, you're in. So, or at least I was. If you fancy it, Nimona on Netflix. Yeah. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, funny, touching, brilliantly made, feast for the eyes, all the rest of it. Next up, Georgetown. I don't know why there isn't more known about this movie. It's directed by Christoph Foltz. And it stars Christoph Foltz and Vanessa Redgrave and Annette Bening. Uh, how can this movie not be something I already know about? It's called Georgetown. Ulrich Mott, an ambitious social climber, marries a wealthy widow in Washington, D.C. in order to mix with powerful political players. I will add to that. Is he who he says he is? Has he done what he says he's done? If he has and if he is, wow. If he hasn't and isn't, that's an even bigger wow based and this is not mentioned in in the uh, in this at all based on a true story and throughout the movie at the beginning and at the end there is a message about the truthfulness of this it would appear to be 
pretty much all true, but some of it is just simply un unprovable and unbelievable. It really is. Vaults is excellent. Vanessa Redgrave is, is fantastic. And Annette Benning is Vanessa Redgrave's frustrated, annoyed daughter who just doesn't like Ulrich. Brackets, Christoph. Um, yeah. Honestly, really enjoyed it. Based on a true story, wonderful performances. It's a, it's described as biography crime drama. Um, I'd put thriller in there as well because you're never quite sure what's going on. Is he the real deal? Does he love her? Is he going away and doing these things? Are they? Is there? A, is he just after her money? Is she using him? It's it's all yeah. Really, uh, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Next up, God is a bullet. Direct director Nick Cassavetes. Writers Nick Cassavetes and Boston Turan. Now Nick Cassavetes is known for his, I don't know, I was going to say grim depictions of life in general. I mean, you know, he he's done all sorts in his career. There are there are movies that you know you will know of his. In fact, why don't why why don't I try and you know rattle some off? Uh, Face off, the astronaut's wife. Alpha Dog, My Sister's Keeper. I mean, all sorts, all sorts. Um, okay, Entourage TV series. <laughs> Hangover Part 2 did that as well. Anyway, um, God is a Bullet, I, I enjoyed. Um, I think some people won't. Well, have you said that about any movie, can't you, dickhead Howard? Um, Taking matters into his own hands, Detective Bob Hightower tries to infiltrate an evil cult to save his kidnapped daughter and avenge the murder of his wife. I mean, that's fucking dark, right? Now it stars Micah Monroe, or Micah Monroe, who she's she's fucking awesome in this. Nikolai Costa Waldau is in it. Brilliant. I love him. You recognise him from Game of Thrones. Also, Leeds United fan. What's not to like about that? Um, and yeah. Uh, it's it, it exactly is he's he can't seem to get anywhere trying to get his daughter find his daughter while he's in the place he's not considered an inspector so he just fucking goes off with a girl who's managed to get away from the cult she seems to have a bit of a death wish about her and be incredibly damaged from her time with the cult there's also a really really cool and bizarre um uh, I was going to say cameo. It's not a cameo role at all. It's an actual role. It's just not a very big one. And it's Jamie Foxx. And it's kind of weird because you think, oh, oh, I, don't, I, I didn't even remember seeing him on, on the cast list. But yeah, Jamie Foxx, he's right there. And, it, you know, he's, he's fucking great. Um, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed it. It's grim. It's dark. His wife's already dead. He's lost his... He's had his daughter snatched. I mean, this is not a happy dude. Um, and it, it... At times, it, it just... It feels seedy. It feels... You feel dirty watching it. There is a... It's gritty. But for that reason, I really liked it because I like films. I like anything that doesn't hold back. Be true to what you are. And it's up to me to, like, hang on in there if I can. God is a bullet. I kind of like that. Love the title as well. Very good. Next up, um, the program. Um, an Irish sports journalist becomes convinced that Lance Armstrong's performances during the Tour de France victories are fueled by banned substances. With this conviction, he starts hunting for evidence that will expose Armstrong. Directed by Stephen Frears, stars Ben Foster, Chris O'Dowd, and Guillem Canet. Um, my feeling over this was, yeah, how can I put it? I was watching it and I, I mean, I, I, you know, it's a fascinating, um, story, Lance Armstrong and, you know, just what he managed to achieve, pull over. And, and also, by the way, drug cheat or not and it might have all been done under false pro false pretenses he raised billions 
for cancer research. But anyway, Ben Foster is Lance Armstrong. Chris O'Dowd is da- is Dave Walsh, the um, uh, the journalist. Uh, Jesse uh, Plemons is in it. He's excellent. But his career hadn't really taken off at this time because this movie is actually from 2015. Um, and that it, it's written by... Um, uh, well, it's written by John Hodge and David Walsh. And David Walsh is the journalist who, you know, this happened to. So, Stephen Frears, great director, some great actors in there. The whole time I was watching it, I just kind of felt a little bit like, yeah, this would have been an awesome documentary. I, 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 I don't know. It's the, 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 pretty much probably couldn't have revealed um, in a documentary the stark reality of what these people were doing. I mean, we're talking they had a bus that was like a blood lab. It's fucking ridiculous. Whole team in a bus, all just basically constantly getting shit. I mean, yeah, it beggars belief. But for me, there was just something about it and it look it looks great. It looks great. It's brilliantly filmed, and everyone's great in it. But it just it just didn't seem to ring true to me to to hold me. It it felt like it was struggling with an, it, like it had a bit of an identity crisis. It didn't know whether it wanted to be just a hard-hitting drama and play fast and loose with the facts or whether it wanted to be a documentary or, or, or what it was. And it's, it, I don't know, it, it's not, you don't, it, there's no consistency regarding the point of view either. So you do see several different angles and after a while you're like, oh, you know, I, I don't know, I kind of felt like pick a fucking, pick a lane, pick an angle, pick a route. It, yeah, it, it, I mean, I watched the whole thing. It was all right. Never going to watch it again. There you go. Um, finally, Triangle of Sadness. Ruben Ostland directs and wrote this. And it's fucking mental. Woody Harrelson is absolutely brilliant in it as a pissed up uh, sea captain. This film is two and a half hours long. And it starts with a a really, really brave way to start it. About the first five, maybe even ten minutes, is just this young, good-looking, well-to-do couple. They're both models, and um, they go for a meal. And he picks the tab up, and you can see that he's he's a bit annoyed about it. I wonder what's behind that. And the first 10 minutes of the whole film is just really, really well observed about what can happen in a relationship when you let things go that are just a little bit annoying and what can happen and how they can blow up to being massive problems from being a little bit annoying if you don't address them. It's really, really well done. It's kind of strange because it's completely you know it doesn't introduce the movie at all but it does introduce them and they end up going on a cruise with some of the most horrendous people you're ever likely to be in the company of these are fucking horrendous rich super rich bastards on a fucking super rich yacht they have armed guards on there it is serious and the, 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 honestly, the, the tagline for this movie, a fashion model celebrity couple join an eventful cruise for the super rich and fuck me, is it eventful. Two and a half hours that I really enjoyed, fucking loved. There's just, it's, it's, it's honestly, the, the trailer's playing in front of me and I'm thinking, I'm going to fucking watch it again. I really am because I enjoyed it so much. Um, and I did. So there you go. That's it. That's all the movies. Triangle of Sadness really enjoyed it. Not recommending it, just telling you that I enjoyed it. So, what's coming up next? I'll tell you what's coming up next. A shitload of TV series. And 
we're back for TV shows. Yeah. Now, this was, um, well, this is, there's some, ex- there's some excitement in here. Excitement, surprises. That's the word I'm looking for. Surprises. Um, let's start out with Inside Man on the BBC. David Tennant, Stanley Tucci, Dolly Wells. Um, well, six episodes. David Tennant stars right out the gate. Mm, I'm thinking this has got huge potential. A prisoner on death row in the US and a woman trapped in a cellar under an English vicarage cross paths in the most unexpected way. Um, alternatively, as opposed to unexpected, you could say convoluted bollocks way. Ah, um, uh, I don't know. Just three episodes, really enjoying it. And then it just becomes convoluted um, and just lost its way for me. And I barely made it to the end because I just stopped caring. Um, which is a bit disappointing, really. So, especially when it's four hours long, you know, it's a mini-series. If you want to give it a go, there is there are episodes that really are superb. Absolutely superb that I really enjoyed. But when it comes down to it, I felt that it lost its way and I just, yeah, certainly wouldn't be watching season two, put it that way. Now... Talk about not watching season two. Fubar, a CIA operative on the edge of retirement. Oh, let me do this in the right voice. A CIA, a CIA operative in the on the edge of retirement discovers a family secret and is called back into the field for one last job. If that sounds like a load of cliched bullshit, you are in for a treat. Because this sack of cliched bullshit starring Arnold Schwarzenegger on Netflix is fucking rubbish. Foobar. Yeah. Fucked up beyond all recognition, in case you didn't know what Foobar stands for. And I'm going to tell you what the big reveal is, because it happens in the first episode. It turns out that Arnold's daughter is also a CIA, a CIA agent, and he never knew! And it is the most pathetic, unbelievable father-daughter relationship in history. And those two cunts will not stop fucking bickering about, well, you, you've been keeping a secret from me all these years. And he's saying, but you have kept secrets from me for years as well. Yes, that's the worst fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger impression you're ever going to hear. And that's all they do for the fucking whole fucking episode is just fucking moan at each other the same virtually the same argument you hear three or four or maybe five thousand times in the first three episodes i fucking gave up it is shit absolute shit unbelievable shit clearly um yes wonderful it's brilliant okay so his daughter couldn't be his son. No, that's not how Hollywood, that's not how we work these days. No, it has to be his daughter. <sighs> Completely unrealist. Just fucking. Though, they, do you know what? I'm being harsh. The whole thing's fucking shit. It's it was it would have been shit if it was an 80s action movie. 80s comedy action movie. Oh, Arnie on the, you know, it's it's Arnie in pursuit of terrorists with his with his daughter who he didn't know was a spy in tow and they're going to work together and bring down Fuck off. Just fuck off. Nick Santora, you cunt. You created this heap of fucking shit. What an absolute fucking waste of everybody's time. This has been done a million times better by a million other people. And it's literally... They've dropped Arnie into it to try and give it some cred. And... All of the scenes at the beginning, it's it's just dripping in cheese, and it and no, I, I like cheesy, but not not when it's mouldy cheese. This is just fuck. I, I like blue cheese actually, which is mould technically, but fuck off, right? This is just ah, oh, just 
It tries to be so many things and fails at them all. Fuck off, Fubai. Fubar. Fuck off. Right. Florida Man. Netflix. When an ex-cop returns to his home state of Florida to find a mobster's runaway girlfriend, what should have been a quick gig turns into a wild odyssey. It does, and it took me a while to get there. It stars Edgar, Maria, Edgar Ramirez and um, Abby Lee. And they are very watchable as a couple, but I did find it a bit of a struggle to get to the end to, uh, end of. It's all right. It gets, gets good reviews everywhere. It's only seven episodes. Maybe give it a go. Um, I, I, yeah, it didn't particularly like my fire, but I'd probably start watching season two when it comes out. Um, now... Next up, Zoo, the TV series Zoo. That's right, a lot of you have already seen it. It ran from 2015 to 2017. Well, I'm watching season one at the moment and I'm really enjoying it. And sure, it's a little bit dated because it was from 2015 and 2017, but guess what? Yeah, it's from a classic book. A team comes across, uh, a, a team comes together and searches to find out what's causing a rash of violent animal attacks. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've really, really enjoyed it so far. Um, it's really well acted, and you keep and because of when it was, I keep seeing people and thinking, "Oh my God, they're in this!" Oh yeah, this is years ago. This is before their career took off. But um, it's really well done, really well acted, and I'm really enjoying it. Still watching it at the moment. That is Zoo. Next up, something that I'm trying to enjoy, but it's getting a little bit difficult. Uh, comedy series on Netflix. Un unstable starring Rob Lowe and he's fucking great I mean Rob Lowe is just fucking effort, effortless, effortlessly fucking cool um, so yeah and it, but this this the series is created by John Owen Lowe yeah so I think it's um, you know it's dad and son operating together right cool um, in a biological research company, a son with social problems is forced to work for a company, uh, work for the company of his father, an extremely eccentric and exotic man, to save him from disaster. Now, let me be clear: some of this is really, really funny. Um, I'm not at the end of the se season yet, and I'm going to try. It, 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 I, it, was, it was getting annoying recently. There's, there's, there's been a death, and people are struggling to get deal with it, and. And it's just going on and on and on about dealing with grief. And the latest, uh, and it was basically his son telling dad that when I start thinking of mum, if I'm in public and I'm, I'm going to get upset, I uh, I pinch my butt cheek and that and the pain there that takes my mind off it and blah. blah. And I was just like, oh, just fuck off, will you? Yeah, just just fuck off. Yeah, that's the kind of thing people say on television. Is you, you just you just fuck off just annoyed me um all in all though i'm gonna get back to it and uh, and rob lowe's rob lowe man he's just fucking great he's fucking great and and to be fair there's been some really good laughs in it as well so um, look, maybe it was me i was getting a bit irritated with it so i just took a break from it okay that's all i didn't take a break from this next tv series i watched both seasons back to back and i can't wait for season three. It's on Netflix and I have one question and one question only for you, the listener. And that is, is it cake? Is it? Is it though? I mean, doesn't look like, it looks like a sports bag. Surely that's not a cake. Fuck me. It's a cake. Yeah, that's right. We've got a little bit of kind of reality TV, kind of the stuff I don't normally watch yet. And you know what? I fucking loved this. Loved it. Basically, you have got two seasons of a show where amazing bakers come on and try and fool judges by basically making cakes that look like shit. I mean, we're talking everything from a Dr. Martin boot, sports bags... Uh, all sorts of objects and people make cakes out of them. And then you see five cakes and it's like one of them's a cake. The other four are the real thing. It's honestly, 
It's addictive like cake. Mikey Day is the host and he does a fucking brilliant job. He's one of the SNL comedians. He does a brilliant job of adding a bit of humour, keeping it light, fucking about and not taking it too seriously. Like like everyone knows, like he's like, look, you know, it doesn't get, you know, oh, my journey. It's not, it doesn't take itself too seriously. And the contestants are great and there's no fucking studio audience. And... I can't wait for season three. I really can't. Fucking brilliant. One of the best things I've watched in ages. And yeah, <laughs> amazing. Even And the judges every week are different. And they're really cool as well. It's great. So I realised at that point that I might be up for watching people compete. So then I watched the season Outlast on Netflix. In the extreme Alaskan wild, 16 survivalists compete for a chance to win a massive cash prize, but these lone wolves must be part of a team to win. And that's about it, really. They go to Alaska, they hang out, some of them are arseholes, some of them aren't, some of them don't last very long, some of them do, some of them think it's all right to uh, to um, ransack other people's gear, others don't, some take them all the high ground, some don't, eventually there's one team left, the end. It was all right, I watched all of it, um, and it's quite interesting to see purely, you know, what happens to people when they get fucking hungry and, and cold. Um, and finally, keeping up this weird angle, Tex-Mex Motors. Yeah, I watched that on Netflix too, the whole fucking series. Hey, what a dickhead I am. Um, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Tex-Mex Motors is junk junkers turn into jewels where in the hands of these pros who bring cars from Mexico to El Paso for radical restorations in this lively series. And it is because they're basically going across to Mexico all the time and picking up old beaten up cars, bringing them back to do them up and just going over to Mexico uh, does. Yeah, yeah. They, they have a few adventures over there. It's not just oh, you know, pimp my ride. It's, there's, a, there's another twist to it. And to be fair, there's some characters in it. There's some real characters in it who, who I thought were, like, you know, amusing and worth watching. So there you go, Tex-Mex Motors. Who would have thought it? Who would have thought that you would get all of that shit from me on this, right? But you did. So there it is. That was Movie Bollocks, closely followed by TV Bollocks. And if you want more of this, there's Paul and I doing a year in bollocks but you have to sign up at patreon.com forward slash howard h smith if you want some of that thank you very much for listening always a pleasure never a chore see you around people enjoy your viewing let me know what you thought bye <laughs>